Good evening, everyone. What did you? Five months and eleven days. Five months and eleven days. All right. Welcome, everyone. We are glad that you are joining us for this spring retreat. You guys been enjoying it so far? I know we've only been here for a few hours, but awesome, good stuff. Hey, I just want to uh, remind you guys of the leaders. Uh, most of you guys know the leaders that are here. However, we have some new faces here. Uh, so first we have Jolene over here. She's joining us for a few days. She's going to help us out with worship. Um, and then we have Vance way over here in the corner. Vance drove all the way from New Jersey to come be with you guys this weekend. So um, we appreciate Vance and everything that he that, that he's here, actually. Um, and I gotta say, I appreciate all the leaders that are here this weekend as well, because without them um, being able to serve you guys in different capacities, uh, we wouldn't be able to, to do this weekend. And so I'm thankful for all the leaders uh, that are here this weekend as well. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Does anyone know the name uh, of George Washington Carver? Yeah. Kind of. What? Okay, for those who for. Connor, what, what, who's George Washington Carver? You know, what, what's something you know about him? Close, yeah. He, so he, he did a lot of stuff with peanut butter. Or not peanut butter, peanuts, sorry. <laughs> with peanuts. He did a lot of things with peanuts, yeah. Um, he's actually considered one of the most respectful and honored scientists uh, focusing on the peanut. Uh, he actually would discover that there are 300 uses for the most basic and seemingly insignificant food, this little peanut, there's 300 things that you can use to um, use it. One of them, making peanut butter. Uh, he, George Washington Carver actually one time said that he asked God to explain the universe to him, but that he felt God, but he felt God saying that was too large a task. And so when he asked for something he could handle, Carver said that God directed his attention to the peanut. And his focus and search for a value, value produce, amazing, produced amazing results. Uh, Carver never doubted that God was rewarding his faith and effort, and he said, without God to draw aside the curtain, I would be helpless. And a day when many people deny the truth even exists as an absolute reality, those of us who know God need to be more focused than ever for seeking Him. And so my, the point with George Washington Carver is that he was so focused on understanding the peanut and, and the truth of the peanut and what could be used for it, and he found out there's 300 different ways that he can use the peanut. Um, we are here this weekend to understand the truth of who God is. That's what this weekend, the, the, the aim for this weekend here is to help you be rooted in your faith in Christ and that to help you understand that He is trustworthy and reliable. Proverbs 25, verse 2 says the following, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to investigate a matter. Let me ask you guys, how many of you are excited to go fishing earlier today? Alright. How many of you are excited to go paddle boating or canoeing tomorrow afternoon? What? Kayaking? Alright. Alright. How many of you, how many of you were excited over the great food that we had earlier today, right? How, how many of you, how many of you guys enjoyed playing basketball or just going on the hike, you guys? Uh, trees. Uh, how, how many of you just enjoyed that down, I don't know what card game you were playing, but playing that game. Um, <laughs> How many enjoyed that? Okay, so you're enjoying being here in all these different activities, which is great. And I, all of us here want you to enjoy those things. We want you to be excited for those things. Uh, but we really hope, well, I know it's my hope, and I think it's all the other leaders' hope and prayers, that you're just as excited to learn the truth of God's Word and, and building and growing in your salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, again, that's what this weekend is all about, to help you grow and understanding the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And ultimately to go out into a dark world and to share the light of who Christ is. So with that, let's go into a time of prayer. And we're going to take a look. At this Tonight's just more of an introduction about this theme. And this theme for the weekend is called apologetics. And we're going to dive in a little bit about that and talk about what uh, a little bit more about truth in, in itself. So uh, with that, 
Let's go into prayer this evening, all right? Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I I thank you for every individual that is here, Lord. Father, I just pray for this weekend. I I pray that we really take this time as a retreat, knowing that there are... uh, no technology that can distract us right now, Lord God, but just taking this time to, to be away for a few days, focus in on you, growing in our relationship with you, Jesus, and growing in our relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father God, I just pray for all of us in here this evening that we have ears to hear and hearts that are open to receiving the truth of the message today, Lord God. And I pray through this introductory lesson that we we get some basic understandings that, number one, that you are the source of truth, God. That you are the source of all truth. And that you reveal that truth to us. And for those of us who confess as believers in Christ, that we are called to share this truth with the world. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So does anyone know what the word... See, I brought the whiteboard. Um, <laughs> I like. See some more excellent yes, you're going. <laughs> nope, no, it's okay. Just a little larger. It's going down. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, does anyone know what this word means? Apologetics. Apologetics. Alright, Toby had his hand up first. Yeah, defending the Christian faith. It's the branch of theology concerned with the defense or proof of Christianity. What? I said, was it the first mission to the moon? No. Ah. That's Apollo, yeah, that's Apollo. Okay. So apologetics, the branch of theology concerned with the defense or proof of Christianity. What's that? Simple, yeah, I'm about to right now. So simply, it just means that there are people out there, apologists, who they take the time to defend the Christian faith. So, for example, throughout the 20th century, there was a heavy emphasis on knowing truth and where truth actually came from. And atheists and Christians held many debates at universities and public forums. Maybe you guys, I don't know if you, anyone ever YouTube a debate, Christian debate versus an uh, atheist? Anyone ever? Okay, so maybe you've seen some of those. Um, and debates regarding truth actually still go on today. But where these debate happens have changed a little bit. They're no more, and they still happen from time to time in universities and conference halls and things like that. Uh, but what's interesting is that a lot of Debates now happen online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Maybe you guys have engaged in some of these debates. Who, who's? Let's just be honest. Who's engaged in a debate online before? All right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's interesting? What's interesting about some of these debates? Uh, especially today, is that many people don't want to know the truth in the debates. Uh, they, only what they care about is what makes them feel good. What makes them feel good. For example, I may be dating myself here, but what? dating, what? dating, showing my, showing my age. Oh. <laughs> I'm not cheating on my wife, all right? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone know, does anyone know what this means? Emma, what what does it mean? You only live once. YOLO. You only live once. Now that was that was my calling cry during my college years. YOLO. You only live once. What? Sometimes. Sometimes it's not too smart at all. Um, but here's the thing: acronyms like this, like YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. All right. So, so for so insider joke there for those who are new and don't know what we're talking about, 
what was it, like a year ago? Roughly a year ago, I was called to preach on a Sunday morning for the church. And that Friday, I had a bag of Rolos that had tinfoil on them. And I ate a Rolo with the tinfoil on it. And I had throat issues for a couple of days till Sunday. So, um, and if you want a fresh reminder about that, just go to our Mimistries account on Instagram. And it'll tell you all about it. So, um <laughs> You catch him. All right. Anyways, this idea of good feeling, YOLO, we, we only care about good feelings. What, what we see with this type of thinking is that truth has taken a backseat to happiness and personal pleasures. Uh, but whether or not, whether or not we care about truth, we need to know that truth matters, not just in this life, but for the life to come. And so the question is, and the debate that everyone has, is where does the source of truth come from? And ultimately, God is the source of truth. That's where we're going to start off today, that God is the ultimate source of truth. Let me ask you guys, maybe maybe you've heard this because we, we've... I've, we've talked about like feel-good thinkings. How many times have you heard, if you've ever asked someone for advice about, you know, what should I do for schooling or careers for some of the users who are thinking about college and things like that, how many of you ever asked that question and they say, do whatever makes you feel good? Do whatever makes you feel happy? Some people who doesn't have a paper? Okay. Okay, it's all good. All right. So, who who's ever been at? You've asked a question like, "Oh, what should I do?" Such and such, and someone says, "Oh, do whatever makes you feel happy. Do whatever makes you feel good." Okay. So, one of the things we need to know with this type of thinking is that this is a thinking that the world system has sold us on and that many people would rather feel, quote, happy than know the truth. And because of, some t- because of this, sometimes we don't want to tell people the truth because of fear of making the other person feel bad. Anyone ever been in a situation before you see someone doing something wrong and they know you know they shouldn't be and you want to tell them the truth, but you're like, I want to feel bad if I tell them the truth because I just want them to feel happy. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 8, starting verse 34. So if you have your Bible or your Bible apps. Mark, Mark chapter 8, uh, chapter 8, 34 to 35. Mark chapter 8. Hey, we're going back to Mark. We're going back to Mark. Mark chapter 8. Yeah. Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 34. It's found on page, if you have the Bible, that that I passed out and I gave you guys is on page 552. 552, Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 34. 552. I got 552. For verse 34? He's just challenging you. Alright, are we at Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 34? Alright, so this is what Jesus says. Calling the crowd along with His disciples, He said to them, If anyone wants to follow after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and and follow Me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of Me and the Gospel will save it. I'm going to go on to verse 36. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed to him when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. Notice what Jesus says there. He says, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. 
Take up His cross. I would encourage you to circle, highlight, or under that, underline that phrase. Let Him deny Himself or take up His cross. See, one, one of the things we need to recognize, and we're going to briefly talk about that, that it's okay to have feelings, but one of the things we need to recognize is that while feelings and emotions can easily drive us or motivate us to do something, we, we need to recognize that submitting our lives to Jesus Christ won't always feel good. Right? Submitting our lives to Jesus Christ won't always feel good. Remember, remember what we talked about last night? What did, let's, let's do a recap. What did we talk about last night? For those that were there last night. Oh, oh wow. Only 24 hours. Like, now, last night, what are we talking about? Okay. And what was Peter and Paul when we looked at Romans, what were, uh, first Peter's letter and Romans, what were we talking about? Okay. Right. And the authorities as well. Go ahead, Eva? I was going to say, like, obeying all the leaders. Right. Absolutely. And what did we say about that? Sometimes that's not always easy, right? Travis? Yeah. Um, even if it's not easy, you want to follow and listen to your leaders until it gets in the way between you and God. Right. Absolutely. Unless it gets in the way between you and God. Very good. Let me. I, I want to share a personal story with you about how it's not easy following Jesus Christ from time to time. See, I had a friend um, since ninth grade of high school. I was in ninth grade. He was in tenth grade. Um, started running cross country. There's a backstory of how we became friends, um, but we were friends for a long time, even into our college years and, and after college and everything like that. And I started actually working with the church. Uh, maybe I think it was about a year into it, working with Morning Star Fellowship. And my friend came to me and said, hey, would you be willing to marry me and my wife? And my friend said that he was a Christian. He proclaimed to be a Christ follower. And I was like, sure, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. You're my best friend and everything like that. And then I found out that his wife is a non-believer. And according to Scripture, uh, Paul actually warns against uh, marrying someone who, if you're proclaiming to believe, be a believer, not to marry someone who's a non-believer. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit more tomorrow morning about living a life in a uh, faithless culture when you have faith. And so I was kind of a little torn about this. I'm like, ah, you you know, you know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. He know what the Bible says. And there were some friends and actually family members who would talk to him, love on him, encourage him, just to really think things through. And uh, there, there came a point, and Rachel and I had had a conversation. But there, there came a point where I realized that in my good conscience, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that I couldn't marry them. And so I, I had to have that tough conversation with him out of five guys in Quakertown. So, soften the blow. Give him some, give him some hamburgers. Ouch. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a look in my best friend's eye who, who's excited for the weekend. and Well, not that weekend, but for the weekend of him getting married and everything like that and tell him I can't marry him and here's why. And I would love to stand up here and say, you know, since then our relationship has been fine and, and everything is uh, dandy and we're still really great friends, but I'll be honest with you, I haven't really talked to him since in the ways that we used to. See, my point to that is that following Jesus will cost us things. And it's not always going to feel good when we follow Jesus. So the question we need to ask ourselves, will we still follow God even if our life doesn't feel good? Will we still follow God even if our life doesn't feel good? Because in that moment, I really dreaded that conversation with my friend. I, I really felt bad that I felt like I was letting him down. But I wanted him to understand the truth of where we were coming from. Not just myself, but some other friends that we're concerned as well. And so the question again is, will we still follow God even if our life doesn't feel good? Now, am I saying here that feelings and emotions are bad? No, because God 
created motions, right? We, we have emotions in us. We know some of the characters and emotions that we read about God. In the Bible, Jesus himself wept. You know, when Lazarus died, he wept for his best friend. But one of the things we need to recognize when it comes to our feelings and emotions is that we can't idolize them. We, we can't idolize our feelings and emotions. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says this, For they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living, God, the living and true God. And so the point being here is that while emotions and feelings are good to a point, we can't idolize them. We, we can't let how we feel and how our emotions dictate the next decisions that we make. How, who's ever been in a really tough situation where you're very, let's just say, you're grieving something? Maybe, maybe you lost a, a friend or a family member. You, you're just grieving, right? And because of all that emotion, sometimes there are, there are decisions people want you to make, and you're like, well, I'm in a really bad state. I really don't want to make this emotion. But yet sometimes those emotions can drive you to make a decision that maybe you shouldn't really have made. Right? We've all, some people have been there. Okay. What we need to recognize, what we need to ask ourselves is, do we rest in the comfort of good feelings instead of running to the truth of God's word? This is a question we need to all ask ourselves anytime we're in a situation. Are, are we resting in the comfort of our good feelings or the feelings and emotions we're dealing with right now instead of running to the truth of God's Word and what His Word has to say? And so if God is the truth, not our emotions, not how we feel, it's not about, oh, because this feels good, that means it it's, it's, makes sense. Like you, you may say, oh, I have a good feeling that gravity doesn't exist, but you can jump off a cliff, and the truth is that gravity still exists. Like, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> Was that a caterpillar? Oh. All right, all right. Let's not lose focus. Well, let's focus. Up here, up here, up here, up here. It's just a caterpillar. All right, all right, all right, all right. Back up here. Focus. It's just a bug. All right. So if God. So if God is the ultimate source of truth, if God is the ultimate source of truth, how does He reveal His truth? That's the next question. How does God reveal His truth? And God reveals His truth in three different ways. The first one being Jesus Christ. First one being Jesus Christ. Turn to John chapter 14 starting at verse 6. John chapter 14, starting at verse 6, 588, if you have the Bible that we're going through. 588. Do you trust me on that one, Caitlin? Yeah. <laughs> John 14, verse 6. You're fine. You're fine. Page 588. Five. Five eighty-eight. Yes. Five eighty-eight. No, 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 no. John, chapter fourteen. Verse 6, found on page 588. Okay. Guys, just a real quick tip. This is a pro tip. If you're looking at your notes and you're keeping notes, it is also on your notebook. Yes, on the note, on the note sheets that we gave you guys. So. But you still should practice going to the Yes. Alright, John 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you always know my Father. 
from now on you do know Him and have seen Him. And so Jesus Christ is our example. Jesus Christ is one way that God reveals His ultimate truth because Jesus Christ came down from heaven, lived on this earth, lived a perfect life, lived a life that we should live in obedience to the Father's will no matter the cost. You really think God, or I'm sorry, do you really think that Jesus felt uh, okay about dying a physical death on the cross? No, he, he, we, we read in John, actually, that he's in the garden praying and saying, Jesus, if there's another way, please take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And the Apostle Paul also goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. You don't have to turn there, but write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Paul says, imitate, imitate, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So in this context, you may think, oh, well, Paul's saying imitate him a little bit. In a sense, yes, he said imitate me. But ultimately, he's pointing himself back and saying, no, imitate Christ, because Christ is our living example. And so that's one way that God reveals as him, as him being the ultimate source of truth, he reveals that through Jesus Christ. The second way is through the Scriptures. This Bible that you hopefully have in your lap and have open. Scriptures. We're going to stay in the book of John. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31. So go four pages back, found on 584. Five eighty four. Page five eighty four. Starting at verse thirty one. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free. Amen. See, one of the things that some people who, who like to argue against the Bible or Christianity, uh, they like to say, oh, well, the Bible's just a rule book. The Bible's just a rule book of this is a, what you can do and cannot do, and it actually enslaves us that we can't have a, quote, YOLO life. I hope I use that correctly. All right. In reality, though, the Bible does not enslave us. As Jesus says, the Bible actually frees us. The teachings that we see here free us. For example, one of the questions that everyone ponders from time to time, and maybe you have too, is, well, who created me? Who created me? Who, who created us? Who created the world? And if you go back to the ultimate source of truth found that is revealed through the Scriptures, page 1 in Genesis, how does it start? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the other question that maybe sometimes you have is, well, what is the true meaning of life? What is the true meaning of life? And one of the things that I keep going back to from time to time over these last few weeks as we've gone through First Peter about what it means to live a holy life, a life that desires to live for Christ, First Corinthians chapter five, or Second Corinthians chapter five, verse nine says, Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him. So our goal in life, our meaning in life is to please Christ is to glorify Christ. When it comes to freedom, this this guy named Rick Ezel said the following. True freedom is the privilege and power to become all that God wants us to be to become. Freedom is the opportunity to fulfill your potential to the glory of God. And ultimately that means we give back glory to God. See, in this world, it's very easy in our sinful nature to think it's about us. Right? Let's be honest. How many of you have ever thought, like, man, it's all about me, and my rights, and, and what I get to do, and, and everyone look at me. How many of you have an older brother or sister, and you're like, oh, I feel like they get all the attention, and I wish I can... Right? I've been there. 
I've been there. Listen, there were, there were times, there were, there were times, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was a teenager one time, like all of y'all. I really thought there were times, I know, right? Listen. What's that? Oh, yeah. True. The runner man. Well, I wasn't a teenager there, I was in my 20s, but, um, But my point, so what I, my point I want to get back to is that there are times that my sister would, uh, maybe get things or have things that maybe I necessarily didn't get or anything like that. And I always thought about, about, it's all, well, it's all about me. I should get everything and the attention should always come to me and everything like that. Uh, to be straight with you, when I found out that I was having a little sister, I told mommy, no, I wanted a boy. <laughs> uh, I didn't even want my sister the moment she came out of the womb. I was like, no, I wanted a baby brother. That's how selfish I was, yeah. Just just saying. But but my point being is here's the thing. My point being is it's not about us. Living in this world, it's it's not about how great we become. It's not about what success how successful we be we become. It's about how can we glorify Christ? How can we make sure that our lives are aiming to please him? And ultimately that starts through the scriptures when Jesus reveals to us many of these truths. That will free us. The third thing that we need to know on how God reveals his ultimate truth to us is through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. And I feel like of the Trinity, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God and three persons, but he's one God. We're not here this weekend to explain the Trinity. (laughs) <laughs> but it just seems like of the three, the Holy Spirit is like the one who's like, ah, well, let's just wipe away the Holy Spirit. Let's kind of, he's just there. Well, let's go to John chapter 14, verse 17. John chapter 14, verse 17. Yes. Page 589. Page 589, I'm pretty sure. Um, John chapter 14, verse 17. Actually, let me, I'm going to start up a couple more verses. Starting at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive Him because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you do know Him because He remains with you and will be with you. Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13. So, still on that page, 589. Verse 13. I'll wait just a couple seconds for those who don't necessarily have the same Bible that we're using. When the Spirit of truth comes, He he will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify Me because He will take from what is Mine and Declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that He takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. See, what we need to know is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in Himself, speaks truth into our lives. The Holy Spirit speaks truths into our lives, revealing through, as we go through God's Word... When you're praying through God's Word, which I hope you are, I hope you're not just reading it for reading it's sake, but you're actually, okay, I'm reading, I want to understand who God is, I want to understand the truth and, and what my life is called to, to, to be, to, to glorify Him and aiming to please Him in everything that I do, the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to you. But one of the things we need to recognize through the free will that God has given us is that we have a choice to listen to the Holy Spirit or not. How many has ever watched a cartoon show where you have the angel on one side and the devil on the other side? They, they don't necessarily do a great description of that because the devil's not really painted like that. Anyway, 
And you, and you see this back and forth of the angel and the devil, like standing in one ear. Oh, the angel's like, oh no, don't do this. You know, you got to be nice and all this other stuff. And the devil's like, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and you see this tug of war back and forth, back and forth. And ultimately, remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago in Peter, um, towards verses 11 and 12, that we need to wage war against our sinful nature in our hearts. That just because you become a Christian or a Christ follower doesn't mean that your life is going to be sinless, but you desire to sin less. Yes, all right. And so there's always going to be this constant battle of good and evil. And ultimately, you need to choose on whether you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit or not. And the fourth way that God reveals His truth to us is through other disciples. Through other disciples. See, John 17, verse 17 through 18 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. See, there are men and women God will put into your life that will guide you on your journey as Christ follower. See, it's by God's grace and His timing and all of this that we are all gathered here. And that you guys have great leaders who love Jesus Christ who love the truth of God's Word and who won't try to deviate from it to, to make themselves feel good, to make themselves feel successful or, or you know, become the next Stephen Furtick or whoever. Don't worry about it. Um, here's my point. There are men and women who really love Jesus. And as we mentioned before, I mentioned in a sermon a couple Sundays ago, there are men and women who don't. And they will tend to preach, a, they don't tend, they, they will preach a false gospel. Because they want to be glorified. They, they don't want to glorify Jesus at all. They, they want to glorify. And so, my challenge to you is, yes, there are many podcasts and, and great pastors out there who can, do, who can communicate far better than I can. And I wasn't necessarily shot on Stephen Furtick. I didn't just throw in his name because everyone looks at him like, oh, the, the number one pastor in America, let's all be like him. But I would encourage you to be careful on who you're following. In any sermon that you're listening to, if they if they don't refer back to scripture at any point, or if they they don't go, they're not steady in God's word. I encourage you to just be careful, because ultimately the the source and the truth that is revealed to us about who God's who God is comes from His word. That's why I'm a stickler to, to when I preach on a certain subject in Scripture, to back it up with Scripture. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say I have it all figured out. No, are there smarter men out there who have written commentaries that I go to and try to get perspective and understanding of what's being said in the Scriptures? Yes, and I would encourage you to do the same. But ultimately... It, in some of your Bibles, I don't know if it's necessarily in these smaller ones, but in some of your Bibles... In the verses that you're reading, you ever see those little verses in between in the middle columns? No? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? The, in the middle of the Bible or on the bottom of the Bible, there's these, it says Romans chapter 2 verse 1 and there's other verses after that. Those are other scripture references to support what is being talked about there. And I would encourage you guys, anytime you're reading through something, you don't understand what's going on, if you have that in your Bible, look at that and go read those references they're saying. Because it will lead you back to something that was even, that was talked about in the Old Testament, where we see that in the New Testament, some of the leaders and the disciples in their letters quoting things back to the Old Testament to make a reference that it all points back to Jesus. See, Scripture will always complement Scripture.
And so my point being there, with other disciples, just make sure they're sharing the truth. Bless you. And so... Yeah, I don't want your head blown up if you're trying to hold in a sneeze or something like that. Alright, so, so if God is the ultimate source of truth, and if God reveals His ultimate source of truth through Jesus Christ, through the Scriptures, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through other disciples, the final question we need to ask ourselves is, well, how do we share the truth? How, how do we share the truth? How do we share the light in what is now considered a dark world? How do we share the light that we have that is in a dark world? Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20 the Great Commission. Everyone knows it. I hope everyone will know it. But I just for a second, just want you to just take away the... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh yeah, that, that, the attitude of like, oh, I know this. Uh, this. Just let's look at this in a different lens. Thank you. That's the word I the phrase I was looking for. Christian cliche. Jesus came near and said to them, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age." Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. See, as a Christ follower, if, if you're in this room, which I'm going to assume all of you are because you're here on the spring retreat. Like, I want to tell you how proud I am that you're actually here this weekend. Because, listen, I know there are some who couldn't make it last minute because of family things that are going on or, or schoolwork that they need to catch up, and that's totally fine. But there are other students who chose not to come, right? You, you chose to come. And I know that you, you, you're excited to be here, have friends, have fun, and everything like that, but I also have a sense that I'm going to believe that you're also here because you really want to be grounded in your faith. You want to know where the ultimate source of truth comes from, and you want to be able to share the truth. And we're going to help you on that throughout this weekend. One of the things we need to recognize, as a Christ follower, we are we have a responsibility and a duty to share the truth of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility and a duty to share the truth of Jesus Christ. It's the most loving thing we can do. To share the gospel message of who Jesus Christ is is the most loving thing we can do. You know why? Because everyone's life is at stake for the rest of eternity. And maybe there is that fear of you know the truth, you want to share the truth, but you're afraid of, well, how will people respond? And what if people start making fun of me? I wish I could say like, oh, everyone's going to accept and this is going to be easy when you share the truth and share who you are in Christ Jesus. But it's not. Jesus says, deny yourself and take up your cross. There are things in your journey as a Christ follower that are going to be tough. There are going to be relationships that you may no longer have because of your relationship in Christ. There are going to be Negative views towards you because of your belief in Jesus Christ. But we shouldn't have fear in man. We should only fear and respect who God is, who is the ultimate truth. I want to close with this because I've been thinking about this weekend and um, excited Nervous, um, nervous because I don't want to see any of you guys get injured. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I don't want to. I don't want to call your parent like, "Hey, to- Toby broke something." You know, I don't. But 
But, but let me share with you why, why I'm really excited for this weekend. Because see, for, for 21 years, I was blinded by the lies of the world. 21 years, I was blinded from the lies of the world, starting at a young age. I think I can say this. A young age about the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. All right. It's fine. It's fine. So at a young age, at a young age, being lied to, and then growing up, being told lies of what it means to be a real man. How, how, what a, what a quote, real marriage looks like. That it's okay to stay financially in debt and that no one gets out of it. All these different lies of how you're supposed to live in the world for 21 years. And they said, trust us. Don't worry. Your life will be happy. And my life wasn't happy. To be honest, my life was miserable. I hated myself, I hated who I was, I hated how I looked, I hated how people looked at me, and I was not happy. There were times that I actually thought to myself, well, maybe I shouldn't be here. And for 21 years, because of all those lies, I had to deal with that pain. And because someone had the courage to ask me about my faith life, to ask me about my relationship with Jesus Christ. For now, for the last seven, eight, almost not, seven, eight, eight years now, I've been on a quest to know nothing but the truth of who God is. And not just for knowledge's sake, because I want it, my goal in life is a desire to please and glorify Him. Does that mean I'm going to be perfect? No. But do I desire to sin less every day? Yes. Are there times in my Christian walk where I've had to get down on my knees, plead with God, and say in repentance, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Teach me the wisdom that I need to no longer sin in this specific area in my life. Yes. But only through the grace of God through that. And ultimately, my passion for this is to to not only know the truth of who God is, but to share it with you guys. And I don't mean that just like, oh, just to you guys, to, to your generation. Because you know what? There are so many people now in this world who are feeding you nothing but lies. And because of those lies, maybe some of you have dealt with those same heartbreaks. Maybe you've hated yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, I hate myself. Maybe you've had those same thoughts. Like, maybe I shouldn't be here on this earth. Maybe, why did God create me if everyone just looks at me differently? Maybe you have fallen into the lies of sexual sin or, or, you know, that drugs and alcohol and all that stuff is good for you and that it's going to fulfill that hole that's in your heart. I believe it's my duty, it's my responsibility through the grace of God that He has brought me down here to tell you guys until He calls me out of here or until He brings me home to tell the next generation the truth and that the ultimate truth is found in God's word that's what this weekend is all about this weekend is to help you guys believe and own your faith be rooted in the foundation of the scriptures and have the courage to not only go after for yourself to find the truth of who God is but to share that same truth with others who are hurting in this dark and broken world. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I thank You for tonight, Lord. God, as we just go through this introduction of this theme of apologetics for this weekend, Lord, Father, I pray that we truly believe that You are the ultimate source of truth. God, there are so many things out in this world today that, that, that want to tell us that everything is true and nothing is a lie. We, we, we hear things that all religions are the same, they all lead to the same living God. And we need to recognize that none of that is true. We humbly come to you today seeking your truth. As we've learned here today that we can find the ultimate source of truth through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And it's found through the Holy Scriptures. It's found through the power of the Holy Spirit and those who walk the path before us. Father, I pray for all of us in this room tonight, Lord God. I pray that in our heart of hearts, we have a burning desire to know Your truth. That we have a burning desire to to live a life that glorifies You. To have a burning desire to look at our friends, to look at our loved ones, to look at those in our schools and see the darkness around us, Lord God, and have a desire to share the truth. Father, I also recognize that there is probably someone here today who may, maybe they don't know you. Maybe this is the weekend that they will surrender their lives to you. Holy Spirit, I pray you just do a mighty work in their hearts this weekend, Lord. Father, maybe maybe there are students in here who, who... they battle and they wrestle through the truth of what God's Word has to say and the lies of the world. And sometimes they still fall for the lies of the world. And and maybe because of that, they're in a dark place. And maybe they've never shared that dark place with anyone. Maybe this is the weekend that they can actually share that dark place to let that bondage go. And they can ultimately experience freedom through your power and your mighty authority. God, we thank You, glorify You in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, Amen.